Hello, and welcome to episode 19 of Want to Hear Something Interesting? Today's topic is a follow-up to our previous episode about being a dad. I'm Scott Ahern, and since they say it takes two to tango, my dance partner for this episode, as always, is Chad Knight. Hi, everybody. But the real stars of this episode are our partners, our wives. Today's episode is all about them, the moms who are the heart of the family, who usually do all the thankless jobs, like wiping noses and bottoms. And something else, too. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot my line. That's okay. Dealing with the kids, And too. dealing with the kids. Yes, the kids, too. Now, as our listeners know, Chad's wife, Nikki, has been on before. Hello. But for the first time, I've managed to convince my wife, Tina, to join us. Hello. So, for this episode, like our dad's episode, we're going to do more conversing and less spewing facts. Welcome to this episode of Want to Hear Something Interesting, a podcast where your hosts Scott Ahern and Chad Knight discuss a topic using research and personal opinion. The topics will be wide and varied, but approached with the researcher's eye. Will everything we say be 100% accurate? Probably not, but we are striving to be as accurate as we can be. Every month on the 1st, a new topic will come your way. Occasionally, though not usually, there may be some language of the adult variety. Listener, be warned. Now, here are your hosts, Scott and Chad. Let's start with a really simple question. Tina, how many kids do you have? I have two. Two daughters. Okay, and how old are they? Eight and one. Ooh, so a little on the younger side. Nikki, how about you? I also have two daughters. They are 18 and a week away from 17. Ooh, so both of them driving. Yes. Yeah, how's your insurance bill? Not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I'm really happy we don't have boys for that. Parents, take this to heart. Make sure your kids have good grades, too. It helps. Yeah. It helps a lot. All right. So... Since your kids are older, we're going to start with you. What would you say are some of the, well, usually when you have bad news and good news, you do the bad news first because then you end on an up note. So what would you say are some of the pitfalls that you maybe didn't expect when you had kids? You know, I kind of came into having kids having this idea that was going to be really easy for some reason to get them to do chores, and for some reason I thought they'd like to clean and cook. I have relatives that this has happened to, so our kids don't as much. (laughs) (laughs) Oddly enough, considering that their parents are also not big fans. (laughs) This is a true statement. (laughs) Okay, well, our eight-year-old is sometimes interested in cleaning. She actually asked us for chores a couple of years ago. Yeah, so we gave her a chores list and like how much she would get for each chore, and that lasted maybe three weeks, and then the chore list kind of right, right that, up the wow, window. That's pretty good. She, pretty much she got has three that. weeks. Right. There <laughs> <laughs> um, was even involved. Ours were always interested in doing things that involved some sort of cleaning product up until they were old enough that we would actually give them like three weeks after they got, they were old enough to be able to use cleaning products and they completely lost interest. Mm. I always thought it was really cool until then, but. By cleaning products, you mean like the wipes? Like Windex or or that kind of thing, you know, anything that they could, that looked really cool because mom and dad got to spray stuff and they didn't get to do it. 
Oh, see, now Penny's really interested in the wipes wipes. Oh, sure. You know, like the Lysol wipes. She'll, mm -hmm. she'll like, try to wipe everything down with that. But, yeah, she's, I don't think she's ever really been interested in, like, the sprays. Has she? No, not really. Not that I've ever seen her that she's ever asked me about. Obviously, if she's trying to disinfect everything, she's definitely related to Scott. <laughs> I, actually, Tina and I are both a little on the clean freak side. Now, me, it's especially in the kitchen, but that goes back to my time as a short order cook. I, I refuse to cook or prepare food in an unsanitary environment. See, and mine happens to be around seating places, which is where Scott and I tend to have a lot of conflict because his first thing when he does is he gets home and he sets his bag down like on a chair. I'm like, no, there are hooks, there's a counter, there's all of these <laughs> other spots that are not seating related. We do not put our stuff on the seat. But a chair is a convenient height flat surface <laughs> next to another flat surface where I can take the stuff out of the bag and sort it and put it in its proper place. That's what <laughs> chairs and tables or chairs and kitchen islands are for. They're for putting stuff on and then sorting. So do I hang up the grocery bags with the groceries in it? No, I set them on a chair or I no, set them on the counter. No, you do not set them on the chair. You set them on the counter. And I actually am fine if you set your backpack on the counter while you're taking stuff out of it. But chairs are for seating. Oh, see, no, my, my backpack touches unsanitary stuff and we cook and eat on the counter. Well, we don't eat off the chairs. Just give Penny the lifestyle wipe and you're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm just guessing here, but Tina, did you grow up in a household where the phrase... Tables are for glasses, not was used on a regular basis? No. Oh, I did. <laughs> but maybe that's because we had boys. It was all boys. And we sat anywhere we wanted to. Well, I mean, I have three younger brothers, so I'm the only girl, but still, no, that was not a phrase that I recall. <laughs> that's a fun one, though. <laughs> all right, let's, let's take a second here. And why don't you, we'll start with you, Tina. Why don't you tell us briefly about your kids? about maybe, like, their personalities, that kind of stuff, if they're more like you or more like Scott, that kind of thing. Well, <clears throat> our oldest is eight, and we always tell her all the time that she looks like me, but she acts like Scott, and she's been that way for most of her life. She is an avid reader. She tends to be more outgoing than I am, um, just very, very similar to Scott. I think a large part of that is when she was younger, you know, in her personality development phase, Scott actually was staying home with her. So she got a lot more contact with him and his personality. I think that's truly rubbed off. Now, our youngest being just a little over one, it's hard to even say what her personality is like right now, except crabby. <laughs> <laughs> she teething? Constantly. Yeah. She actually started teething earlier than Penny, so we've had a longer stretch of crabby. Oh, yeah, nice, nice. And mixed in with, she had um, chronic ear infections, so she had to get tubes. So we had to go through the whole process of having them be reoccurring, having them be antibiotic resistant, until we finally got to the point where they would agree to tubes with her being so young that we went through a lot of stress getting her to that point. And she's been much better since then. Mm -hmm. But that was a long process and no fun for anybody in our house. Okay, what about you? What about ours? Well, we Emma is our 18-year-old. Um, she's going to actually be a sophomore in college this year. She looks a lot like I do, although she has Chad's family build. 
very outgoing, tries very hard to be pleasant, does not like any kind of conflict, although she's more than willing to engage in conflict with her sister and her parents. <laughs> Just not with anybody else. She doesn't like it. Especially if you say something she doesn't agree with. True. And that trust me, I'm a veteran of that. Because you like egging her on. Sometimes. Sometimes, my butt. <laughs> Um, our youngest one is Molly. She's 16 now. She'll be 17 in a week or so. She is more introverted. However, just as likely to engage in conflict as anybody else. More likely in a lot of cases, yes. Um, especially with her sister. Especially with her sister. In fact, she went through about a year and a half where Emma could do nothing right. Um, she could be sitting next to her and eating, and Molly would yell at her. That's true. And so who is she more like, though? You or me? Uh, my mom's side of the family. Yeah. <laughs> but she's not really... She, it's kind of a wild card, because she's not really like either one of us. True. But both of them are very much into fashion and that kind of stuff. I get a lot of, you're not going to wear that, are you? It's shocking, because <laughs> our eight-year-old Penny, she is so much into being a girly girl and fashion and that sort of thing. I'm like, where the heck did this come from? Right? When I was her Me. age, I was halfway there. <laughs> You're into being a girly girl? Uh, not quite so much, but it, as our listeners know, I, I have a theater background, um, uh, interior design background. So, I have a theater background as well. And I'm a jeans and t-shirt guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, almost... Exclusively. Exclusively, except when I go to work, then I wear a polo with my jeans. Right. <laughs> and I get they give me a hard time for that, because that's so 1980s. Well, guess what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. You're not, I mean, you do dress up sometimes for class, but you're not like... I guess my biggest concern, especially with her being a girl, that her self-worth is going to be built around the way that she looks. Mm -hmm. So we try to really enforce that, her personality and Mm -hmm. um, being smart and sweet and that sort of thing is way more important. But how focused she is on how she looks still concerns me. And especially, like yesterday, I took her to the Portage County Library book sale. One of the first books she grabbed was a Barbie book. And on Netflix, she watches Barbie and the Malibu Dreamhouse. Ours did too, but they're both getting to the point where it's not as important. They want to look good for themselves, but they don't care nearly as much anymore about what they look like for other people. So, like, our, our youngest Molly has um, a chronic illness, and she had a, a rough fall last year. And she and I were talking yesterday, and she said, you know, one of the best things, one of the only good things, as far as I'm concerned, to come out of last fall was, I don't care anymore what I go to school looking like, because if I could make it to school last fall, it was fine. But part of the reason I didn't want to go was because I didn't look that good. I didn't have the energy to put on my makeup. I didn't care what I wore, and I didn't want to look bad for other people. She said, and and one of the things that I figured out about it is, Nobody else cares either. I always thought it was a big deal, but nobody else cares what I'm wearing or what I look like either. They're just happy if I'm there. And Emma's gotten to that point too. She to a certain degree. To a certain, her clothes are still very important to her, mm-hmm. but for her, not for what other people. That's true. Look at yeah. 
but she doesn't wear makeup nearly as much as she used to and that kind of thing. And Yeah, I really stopped wearing makeup after high school. <laughs> you mean after you stopped being in theater all the time? Yeah. That, yeah. That <laughs> all right, so let's start with you this time, Nikki. Okay. What's the best thing about being a mom? Watching their personalities grow. Okay. That and, you know, the sound of the baby laughing. But other than that, it's... Watching their personality. And now we're going to wait to hear our kids' babies laugh, right? Well, I'm not having any more. So. Well, that's good. <laughs> we could be waiting a while if we're waiting for our kids, though. Because both of them are very much into not having children anytime soon. Molly's thinking about adopting. Doesn't even want to go down the whole have children of her own thing. I'm okay with that. <laughs> what about you, Tina? What's the best thing about being a mom? I agree that watching their personalities and how they learn things... I mean, they'll go one day without being able to do it, and the next day they're doing consistently just new things every day. It's remarkable how fast they pick up on things, um, especially with <clears throat> Penny since she's older. Just things that she asks, like even the questions she has now are a lot more involved, and you can tell she's trying to figure out the world and how things work. Just on the ride up here, she was asking about how paychecks work. <laughs> She's like, so do they give you the money or do they just transfer it to your bank account? That seems like a really like good question. Good question for somebody so young. And the answer is yes. Depends on the job. <laughs> well, like right now, they you know send it directly to our bank account, but some people you know they want the actual physical payment every time every right. week or two weeks whenever they get paid and then we had to go into well why would they want that and, you know it was it was a series of questions but you just you just can tell that she's trying to figure out how everything works and piece it together in a way that makes sense to her and i think that that's one of the philosophies that we've had is that whenever she asks a question we try to explain it as thoroughly as possible, even if she's not necessarily going to understand all the pieces right mm -hmm. now. Because mm -hmm. at some point she's going to know those pieces and she'll be better off for having that explanation. Yep. Mm -hmm. Now, we try to explain it at a level that makes sense to her. We're right, not right. Talk about varying salaries or rich versus poor. I mean, that's just way not right. where she's at at this point. But. Mm -hmm definitely try to make sure she understands and I just how things have evolved with her and the questions she's asked how she's learned things it's just so amazing now this is a question I always find interesting baby talk did you guys do baby talk no no we didn't either we no. do nicknames yes. nicknames are fine yeah yeah Emma Emma was bear yeah and Molly went through several of them and none of them really stuck no not anymore but molly in itself is a nickname yeah it's, technically it's not her. <laughs> true her name is melinda right but um i find that kids who aren't baby talked to start exploring more things earlier and i had read a book before my emma was born and i'm just like you know and it, and it kind of laid everything out and i said well let's give it a try you know and it was really awkward at first because you're talking to a you know a six-day-old in full sentences, not doing the googie 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 thing. And, you know, at that age, it doesn't seem to do any. I mean, a six day old is going to be a six day old. They're going to eat, they're going to poop, and they're going to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
You want you want more sleep than and sometimes all three at the same time. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> but it was just one of those things where we're like, okay, we'll try this. And both of our girls have gone through school. They both excelled in school. So for me, it seems to work. I mean, I know Penny really well, and she is a bright little kid. Yeah, her communication skills, and I think it's a product of how we communicate with her, but also that for the longest time she was an only child, so she had so much interaction with adults and adult, mm -hmm. how adults speak and that sort of thing that she really did get the communication skills a lot earlier in life than I think a lot of other people do. Oh, talk about when you went to her spring concert this past year when she was the speaker. Oh, yeah. So <clears throat> part of the spring concert is they had a lot of kids um, had parts where they were narrating certain things about the songs before they started right. singing. Because Penny had been going with Scott to school and done mic checks. She was like literally the only one you could hear through the microphone. The other ones were like, far away from the microphone or like muffled into the microphone but she spoke clearly you could tell what she was saying i was so proud of like <laughs> well, i guess those microphone lessons were so, for some reason All but right. she, she's always been really good at communicating and even with josie too even though she's only a year old she's definitely speaking even sooner than penny did she's not speaking as clearly like, right Penny has always been observe until she can do it and then do it. So whenever she had a new skill, she didn't want to test it in front of other people until she really had it down. She's okay. a perfectionist, like somebody else I know. <laughs> but Josie is a little different where she's, she's doing it as she goes along. So although she's speaking more, she's not speaking as clearly. So I think it'll just take a while for her to, to speak clearly, even though she's getting the communication skills. Right, she's getting those skills, and she's just putting her head down and going, where, yeah. you, like you said, mm -hmm. Penny waited longer until, you know, she probably sat in front of a mirror talking to herself until she had it right. And you're right, she's a lot like somebody else, you know, and I know, <laughs> who happens to be sitting across the table from me. Emma would yeah. do that, too. If she figured out that she was pronouncing a word wrong, she'd go talk to herself until she had gotten it, until she could figure out how to say it correctly. When she was real little. All right, so those were all kind of fun things. Now let's flip the coin here. What's the worst thing about being a mom? Being in charge all the time. Sometimes okay, explain, you just sometimes you just want to only have to take care of yourself, and that's not really a thing. Because even when you're gone, you're still worrying: Are they eating on time? Are they taking their medicine? Are they doing this? Did they what make the it to practice? What the heck is Dad feeding them? <laughs> <laughs> that is the nice thing, actually. I was never all that worried about what you were feeding them, and I had no doubt that you were feeding them. Wait, is that, that a fat joke? Not yet. <laughs> okay, let me get there. No. <laughs> No, but as far as, I was never all the, I guess, concerned about food, although with Molly, food was such an issue that I always wondered if you would remember some of the restrictions that nope, she Nope, usually had. Emma remembered them. <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> Dad, she can't have that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's never being able to let go of that concern that to me is the worst thing about being a parent so has that changed now we're only talking about emma here but has that changed since she went off to college or has it gotten worse actually for me it's gotten a lot better because i have 
done my very best not to freak out about her being gone, which is takes a lot of work sometimes. But And it's been interesting with her being home this summer because she has been so... It took her most of first semester to get used to not having to tell anybody that she was going somewhere or doing anything or... Tell her the sto- tell the story <laughs> about when she called you about class. Yeah, one day she called me at work um, concerned because she was sick. She really, you know, she was stomach flu, really didn't want to go to class. But she had a class that she was supposed to be at. And she's like, Mom, can I skip it? Like, honey, you're 18. You can skip whatever you want. Just, <laughs> you know, email the teacher, let them know that you're sick. But it's okay to skip a class if you're sick. She's like, oh, good. Because I have half my clothes on and I'm just too tired. (laughs) I'm like, like, go back to bed, honey. (laughs) Email your teacher quick and go back to bed. (laughs) But it took her a long time to get out of that habit of having to ask mom and dad. Well, you know, she also took the time to break down her tuition to figure out what every class cost. So if she missed a class, she knew how much money she was Throwing away, in quotation marks. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that kind of got to her, too, because I, isn't that something else she said to you on that call? It's, it's and she's like, it's like a good cost, like, I don't remember what it was, 70 or 55 or something like that. She's like, but I'm throwing away $55. I'm like, if you're too sick to go, are you going to get anything out of it? Well, no. Well, then you're not throwing no away. You're not going to get anything <laughs> out of it anyway. Might as well go to bed, feel better for the next class. Now, but, how did you react when she decided she wanted to go away to college and live on campus actually i was very happy about that because she needed she needed to be able to go away in order to make that break and she still hasn't made it cleanly true she is she is doing pretty darn good for somebody who was a year young getting into school i think she's doing really well but it was, it would have been, financially, it would have been very nice to have her stay. But we were afraid she wouldn't grow up enough without it, without the going away part for our particular kid. Now, our younger one, yeah. she could stay in town and we and live with us. And I have every confidence that once she turns 18, we will not see her very much. She wants to go to California for school. And I think figure we'd see her slightly more often if she was staying in town but not a whole lot (laughs) so it's definitely for us it has been very definitely dependent on their personalities emma talked about going to new york for school for like a year back when she was a freshman molly has been talking about going to california she started out wanting to go to london for a while and that kind of broke us down a little bit so that we were much more willing to let her go to the idea of her going to California so is saying she's terrifying. Very, very strategic. She has been. No, and no, she will the word it. is manipulative. That too. <laughs> strategic. So how about you, Tina? What's the worst thing about being a mom for you? It's along the lines of the responsibility thing, but I don't know. It's just, Scott and I were together a very long time before we had children. So I think that when we built our lives around that, having a child was very much a shock to the system. Even now I'll be so in, you know, I'll be involved with something with Penny or Josie and I'll look around and I'll be like, Oh yeah, that's right. I'm the adult. Yes. <laughs> it's like, Oh crap. I have to make that decision. Oh man. Like, where are the adults? 
oh, that's right. I'm the adult. I yes. need to decide this. I need to figure this out. And I feel that way a lot. <laughs> Tell the story. Hold on. She's oh, in the middle sorry. of her story first. <laughs> and, Put a pin in it. Write it down <laughs> so you remember. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's just so different being a couple and being a couple with kids. And Absolutely. I'm sure that it's not unique to having kids being older. I mean, you just said it was very similar to you. You guys had kids when you were younger, but I don't know. It's even to this day, and she's eight years old, I have to remind myself, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm the adult. I have to make sure this all happens. And yep. it's just challenging and rewarding, but challenging. <laughs> <laughs> and I just feel like with everything that we have to try to get accomplished – and this is a product of our society today that, you know, working full time, making sure there's dinner, picking the kids up from school, just trying to fit all those pieces. I feel like I'm constantly in a sprint and I wonder when I'm actually going to be able to slow down. Mm-hmm. And it's just really tough. Well, tiring. I can tell you this much. So far, we didn't get there yet. Yeah. <laughs> well, it hasn't been as much. Emma has, it has slowed down things with Emma quite a bit since she's away. That has helped. Yeah. Um, and, and once they start the driving, there, that helps a lot. Yeah, I suppose you're not schlepping them all over the place Correct. then. Right. And I'm very lucky with Scott because he takes an equal responsibility in the mm-hmm. roles. For example, like I do most of the cooking, but he does most of the laundry. I mean, we have a good balance. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine what it would be like if I didn't have a partner who felt like, you know, home responsibilities were part their responsibility too so it just having that makes it better but it certainly doesn't make it easy so now what i put a pin in (laughs) you need to tell a story of that afternoon after we brought emma home (laughs) and we're sitting on the couch watching tv i've got emma she's kind of snuggled up with me and then you turn and look at me and you say (laughs) <laughs> I said, when are this kid's parents going to come and pick her up? She was about a month old at this point. <laughs> and that's when I'm like, oh my God, that's us. <laughs> I do remember coming home from the hospital feeling so completely overwhelmed and not knowing what I was going to do. I'm like, they just gave her to us. They're letting us bring her home without any training. What the hell? <laughs> I'm like, what are, what are they thinking? <laughs> I should have just said, what the heck? <laughs> I think you can get away with that word. I just, you know, yeah. we try to keep it relatively clean, but. <laughs> but and yeah, who the, would think you're the, the one dropping the swear words and not me? <laughs> but yeah, it that doesn't always get a lot better. I don't know. Every once in a while, I'm still like, I, I can't believe, how am I still the adult here? Isn't it their turn yet? <laughs> and then I realized probably not for like another 40 years. Uh, well, uh, well, actually, kind of piggybacking off of that, one of the things you guys mentioned um, was that when you and Nikki were gone and you were worried about Molly and eating, mm-hmm. Chad mentioned that Emma would sometimes say, no, Dad, she can't have that. Your girls are actually fairly close in age, about a year and a half, two years, yeah, give or take. Uh, nine, 19, 19 months, or 18 months and three weeks, technically, but yeah, 19 months apart. So, you know. But okay. Emma remembers all of that kind of stuff. Right. Did you find when Molly came along that, and especially as Emma got older, she kind of became almost a second mom? She tried. Type of thing? 
She tried. She did try. We Molly tried. did not allow it. Right. <laughs> and that's, I think that was the beginning of that, about a year and a half, where Molly couldn't stand Emma. I think that Emma was trying very, very hard to be what she thought a big sister should be, and Molly wanted none of it. And, and there was then it just got overwhelming. There were several times we had to sit her down and go, you're a big sister, you're not mom. Right. You and know, then we had to sit Molly down and go, okay, she is your sister. You have to at least be nice to her. You can't keep yelling at her all the time. <laughs> so, and then she would yell at us. Right. <laughs> she went yeah. through about three years of, I think that's all she did was yell. It felt like it. With Penny, because there's seven years between mm-hmm. the two, I was very concerned that she would try to take over a role of being more like a mother than a, a mm-hmm. sister. And I think in some fashion she probably has, but we reinforce it a lot that she's a sister. She is a child. Yep. She needs to go do kids stuff and not worry about adult, mm-hmm. adult stuff. Yeah. Um, it's still a challenge. And I think that this is part of I was a big sister, and I felt like I had a lot of responsibility for my younger siblings. I want to make sure she doesn't right. feel that way. And one of the nice things is we can actually explain that to her. Because she's old enough to understand. And so that she doesn't feel like we're turning her down or shooting her down when she tries to help. So we always point out that she can help whenever she wants to. But once it becomes... I don't want to. I want to go do something else. Hey, that's cool, too. Right. Go off and do your kid's stuff. Don't feel like you need to to participate in the Josie stuff. But to the same regard, I mean, sometimes we really do need her to help because we're in the middle of something and she just needs to watch her for 10 seconds. Right, yes. Mm-hmm. Can so, you watch for 10 minutes because my hands are right near boiling water. Right. <laughs> so in those cases, she does step up to the responsibility and she does pretty good at understanding the difference between when we need her to and when it's just nice to have sometimes. But mm-hmm. even still, we, we do try to make sure that she has her own things and her own interests. And... That's actually been an issue for, for our girls is one of them will get into some something and the other one will go, oh, that's really cool. I want to try it too. But I liked it first. Exactly. <laughs> oh it's like, you can't do that because it's mine. It's like, well, not really but there was a there was a period of time where we worked really hard okay you can do this activity you do this activity and then i'd try and have like one for them to do together but it got to be difficult because they were you know because they're so close in age a lot of the time they were in the same we worked hard to find two separate girl scout troops for them to be in kind Mm -hmm. of thing and there was just so much competition and I think Molly still feels like she is always in Emma's shadow she hates having teachers that Emma has had and especially if they recognize her as Emma's little sister sister. right yeah Penny and Josie are gonna probably have similar but at least there's a big enough span yeah yeah, the teachers aren't going to be remembering well I don't know we have such a unique or that's true unique last name that I think that they might, especially with Scott being a teacher in the district as well, True. that they might make the connection, but at least it's a far enough apart that if they do have an impression left by Penny, that it's it's far enough away that it's hopefully not going to influence anything. Right. Well, you exactly. know, and I, and I get that. I kind of get that from Molly's point of view because my older brother was four and a half years older than me. 
So the year he graduated high school, the next year I went in as a freshman. So we never were actually in high school together. First day, homeroom, I get a note to go see the truant officer. Our truant, whatever. whatever. Like the, the vice principal that was in charge of that kind. Uh, right. Because he recognized my last name. And my older brother was four years of hell on wheels. <laughs> so I got sat down the first day of high school and being like, you're not going to be like him, are you? And I'm just like, you know, you're a freshman. You're getting called down to basically the principal's office. And you're like, what did I do? You know? <laughs> I haven't been here long enough to mess anything up. Right? And the sad part was, is I was not that kind of a kid. But then two years later, my little brother followed me in the high school. And he was that kind of kid. Did he get the freshman talk? No, he didn't, but he had enough other talks, so. <laughs> well, probably because you were starting to make a good impression, so the vice principal is probably like, okay, maybe it's just the older brother. Right. But then, no, it's Chad's, Chad's the, the good one. <laughs> I don't say Chad's the good one. I've heard that my entire life. And it's not true. Chad, Chad was just smart enough not to get caught. <laughs> true enough. But, see, I was an only child, so I never had to deal with any of that. Yeah. So, all right, so let's move on here. What's the one thing, Tina, so far in your kid's life that has scared you the most? Probably like, having a pool at our house. Okay. Penny's a great swimmer, and um, I know that she can handle it, but even still, I mean, I don't know. I don't know anybody who's drowned. I don't know any issues of people who have had that happen, but I am just terrified that we have so much water by our house. Well, and especially after you read Freakonomics. I didn't finish it yet. Okay. So, are you familiar with Freakonomics? I'm familiar with the name. I've Okay. Uh, basically, there's a, a University of Chicago economist, Okay. Um, Stephen Levitt, and a reporter, Stephen Dubner, who um, got together and discovered that they actually enjoy talking to each other because Dubner hates interviewing economists because he finds them boring, and Levitt hates talking to reporters because he finds that they don't understand him. These two actually understood each other and weren't bored by each other, so they did some projects, and then they wrote a book and a second book and, like, five books now, and they have a podcast uh, through NPR. Uh, it's not through NPR anymore, but, yeah. Well, they record at WNPR, and they help produce it, so... They just they switched moved. it two weeks ago to oh, a okay. new podcast platform. But okay. anyway, that's not your argument. So, um, but anyways, they apply economic theory to everyday things. Okay. And one of the things that they looked at was what's more dangerous, having a pool or having a gun in the house in terms of child death? I would say, I'm just guessing here, but I would say a gun. No. Really? Everybody, and that, that's one of the things they look at. They debunk common myths. And one of the myths is, well, obviously a gun is more dangerous. But they found that per capita, drownings occur much more frequently than accidental shootings. And they were very careful to do it as on a per capita basis because a lot of people will say, well, yeah, but there are more houses with pools than there are houses with guns. But they actually broke it down so that it's statistically comparable. That actually makes sense to me because people, there are a lot of people who are a lot more careful with their guns, knowing mm -hmm. what they can do. And it is very easy for accidents to happen, even if you're right there. Right there. Mm -hmm. And I've, I mean, I grew up in a gun house, and safety was that first. I mean, you learned safety about guns long before you ever picked up a gun and shot it. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. You know, and I think, I think that's where the problem comes in is when people don't teach that safety. You know, I don't own any guns, but that's because I don't hunt. You know, right. that just Neither wasn't it wasn't yeah. my thing. But I still have nothing wrong with people who own guns. Right. So Penny is eight. Mm -hmm. Does she get to swim by herself? It took me a long time to get to that point, and she had to prove it along the way. But yes, now she does. Okay. Um, at first, it was she could only swim by herself if she had her life jacket on too. But now she's even progressed to the point that I feel comfortable with her swimming. Um, even without her life jacket. Okay. Right. And when we still um, have her in registered swim lessons, either through the Y or through the school district. And um, her latest instructor at the Y actually pulled us aside and said, we think she could join swim team and be successful. So we know she's a strong swimmer. We know she can handle it. And our pool is a small pool and it's not very deep. It, it's all, She's almost to the point where she could stand at any point in the pool but even so when, when she's out there even if other people are out there with her and we're inside doing something it's still every couple of minutes we drift over to the window and take a look or if we don't hear the kids playing we're at the window okay why aren't they making noise? Yeah, well, <laughs> isn't that the funniest thing it, it's, after it's you the universal parent rule if it's quiet there's something wrong right <laughs> And, and it's true, too, because and you don't notice it at first, that it's quiet. And all of a sudden, like, I remember one time I was home with the girls, sitting on the couch. I think I was reading, and they were off playing in their rooms. And all of a sudden, I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> Dead quiet. So I go check on them. They're in the bathroom flushing stuff down the toilet. <laughs> As I watched one of Nikki's necklaces. Oh. <laughs> Hopefully it wasn't your favorite. Probably not. I do know we've. I've never really had all that expensive of jewelry, and that is the one good that thing. That is that is one bonus. So, so what about <laughs> switching over to you now? What's the one thing in in life that has scared you most about our kids at this point? You mean other than bringing them home? Yes. The first time. <laughs> the first time. In fact, we actually on our way home with Emma, we stopped at Walmart on the way. With Molly, we stopped at a restaurant on the way. <laughs> we didn't go straight home. That's okay. We, we stopped with Emma at Walmart to visit her mother on the way home with her and found out in Walmart that we had put her clothes on backwards. Aww. She had a cute little sailor's outfit, and we put the white... Bib. The, the white... in the front. Yeah, we thought it was a bib in the front, but it's oh, actually the thing the that thing. goes in the back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we're standing in Walmart... As her mother is changing the clothes on the baby, because, you know, <laughs> you can't have that. Well, there is a, a place that my kids get their fashion sense from. It's not from me, but it is from my mother. Skips She's very, yeah, apparently. They also got the decorating gene, all that kind of stuff. Uh, the only thing I can do is sew. Um, the girls and mom can decorate anything. It's fine. Honey was talking to me because I just got back from a work trip. She's like, so how did it go? Because you had to wear fancy clothes for a week. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I came home and like my jeans and a t-shirt and stuff. She's like, so did you pack non-fancy clothes for, for your trip home? I'm like, I packed both fancy and non-fancy clothes. And then she was able to make the connection. She's like, oh, so basically when you're done with work, you went and changed. You went back to your room and you changed into your non-fancy clothes. I'm like, yes, yeah, I actually, did. Might as well be comfortable when you can. <laughs> she actually helped me pick out my outfits as well. Oh, nice. <laughs> All right. So let's 
switch modes here to something that I got a feeling is different between the two households, and that's discipline. How do you discipline versus maybe how you were brought up, or do you discipline the same way? Or let's start with you, Nikki. We did a lot of playing by or uh, going shooting from the hip. Yeah, shooting from the hip's a good way to do it. I mean, I we each read a, a parenting book or two, and at one point. When I was having a particularly hard time dealing with the girls, I actually went to parenting classes because I wanted to and not because I was court-ordered, unlike <laughs> most of the people in the parenting class. I was going to say, <laughs> how, how is that cool? <laughs> that was, there were like, out of the like dozen people who were there, there were two or three of us that had, were not court-ordered to be there. Well, you and I, but though... We learned, but I learned a bunch of stuff, um... But we've never, you know, we haven't, we don't, never really been ones to, like, hit the kids or spank or that kind of thing. The only time they really got spanked was when they were going to do something dangerous. Because you wanted to imprint on them a little bit that, you know, this is dangerous. Mm-hmm. So, like, we went through a week where all Molly wanted to do was grab the bright red thing on top of the stove. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, exactly. and there was a lot of moving her away, moving her away, moving her away, standing in front of her <laughs> kind of thing. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, but we but were raised in completely different ways. We were. There was never, ever any excuse for spanking at my house. There was more at yours. Oh, yeah. Um, And so we did our best to to blend that as much as possible, but there was a lot of, I don't know. I don't even know how to... There was a lot of headbutting between the two of us. But we've always explained things to the kids. Right. Which, sometimes there is no good explanation that they are age-appropriate, ready for, why they can't do something. I mean, I've known... And that can be... That can be difficult. (laughs) I have known Nikki for 30 years. I just did the math in my head. 22 years, we were together, three... Close. 27. 27. My bad. Nearly 30. Nearly 30. (laughs) And in all those years, I have heard her dad yell once. And it was at me. (laughs) Good job, Chad. When you announced your engagement? No. (laughs) No, surprisingly, he was awfully quiet during that time. No, that's not a surprise. (laughs) (laughs) No, we were getting ready for the wedding, and we were installing a walkway out in the front yard. We got married in Nikki's parents' front yard. And then it went off into a square, uh, what would you call that, like, area. Yeah. And we he was cutting the, you know, he had one of those... Uh, sod cutters. Sod cutters. And I was in the way, I guess. So. And he didn't want, he didn't want to hurt you, and so he yelled to get out of the way. And that is literally the only time my dad yells is if... Dangerous things. He's, yeah, if he's worried that you're going to get in trouble. Or, you know, get hurt, yeah. kind of in trouble. My, Mom, my mom's a little more vocal. Yeah. My house was more of a discipline house. Um, my parents believed in capital punishment. I wouldn't go so corporal? far. Oh, what did I say? Capital. Yes, I meant corporal. No, corporal. They, they believed in corporal punishment. I wouldn't say they went to the point of that they beat us by the standards of the time. But by today's standards, I was beaten. But I turned out okay. I think. Ish. Twitch. Twitch. <laughs> so what about you guys? How do you guys deal with discipline? Yeah, I think we're pretty lucky in that 
Penny's an easygoing enough kid. I don't know what the teenager years are going to be like. I mean, I hear stories like, oh, if they're good when they're little, just wait for when they're teenagers. She's going to no, be sassy. It's not, it, yeah, a little sassy maybe, but She's already they're, a they're sassy. good. Yeah. So we've um, hardly had any real issues where we had to discipline. We were always, you know, we, we did the timeouts. So if she, if she, if she had an issue, you know, we have a timeout bench. Mm-hmm. It's pink. It's got a little heart cut out on it. <laughs> That's cute. So we bring her to the timeout bench. We'd explain to her why she was getting the timeout. We'd set the timer. You know, it was start off at 30 seconds. I think we only ever had to get up to a minute and 30 seconds. Um, she she would sit there and cry on her timeout bench. <laughs> then when the time was up, we'd go back over. We'd say, we love you. And that... We would repeat again why they had the timeout, and then she'd have to apologize, say what she would do differently, and then we were good. Okay. And that's yep. all we ever had to do with her. Yeah, that's we um, really realistically speaking, too. that's kind of how our kids were. We did lots of timeouts. Um, we did have to. I did go through one each of the girls' rooms with a garbage bag one day when they would refuse to clean rooms. But yeah, we haven't gotten to that point yet. Oh, we did have once where we had to take her sweets away for two weeks. Oh, sure. See. So yeah, that, that was about as as involved as we've had to get in discipline. Yeah. Obviously, we got another one, so you right. Know, right. No idea how that one's gonna turn out. If and they're so different. They're different. so different. I mean, I'm 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 gonna put even money on that they're gonna be different. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But all right, so this last one is just kind of a. I know how we did this, but let's start with you, Tina. Mm-hmm. How did you or will you handle the talk? We have not had the talk yet. Scott has decided that since they're both girls, I will have to have the talk. <laughs> I, I'm not well, there, there are certain elements that I'm a guy. I don't know. <laughs> I'm so. honestly not sure how we're going to have the talk. I remember how my mom had the talk with me. There was a book involved with some discussion. Books left on the steps. That's how our talk went. <laughs> no, no. She actually read the book to me and we had Oh, we'll see. There you go. So... Probably something similar, and I'm actually surprised it hasn't happened yet with Josie coming along. Mm-hmm. I thought for sure, like when we told her that she was going to be a big sister, or when Josie that was born, or <laughs> any of that, that that would trigger the questions. But she has not asked them, so I don't know if she's gotten other information <laughs> that's supplemented our lack of information. But I'm more interested in telling her when she comes to us and asks the question versus just talking to her about it now when she's really not showing any sort of interest in knowing. Um, the the talk will probably be similar to the one I had. There'll be a book to talk about. Gives you something to start with. And... Yeah, and I'm sure that it will be driven off of her questions more than anything else. So how about you, Scott? How was your talk? Oh, I've heard this before. <laughs> yeah, the extent of my talk was, I, well, I was raised by a single mom. Yep. So when I was 15... Oh, you had learned everything on the street by then. Pretty much. But um, my official talk consisted of the line, if you knock some stupid bitch up, I'm kicking you out. Dang. Wow. Yeah. I thought mine was bad. Well, I one of our... One of our friends, his mom threatened to uh, cut off important pieces of anatomy if he got anybody pregnant. So. And everybody believed her. Yes. 
so how did we do the talk? Ours I mean, was very, very gradual. Yeah. Um, Emma started asking when she was... Seven? Five. Six, five? Yeah. I didn't hear anything until she was like seven. Well, no, that's not true. You knew at the time. But we were just, we we're very gradual and tried to be as age appropriate as possible. And for the longest time, we kept it to answering their questions, figuring that as they wanted to know more, we'd tell them more. Did Which you is ever... what we ended up doing, but a lot of it has been just kind of gradual over the years. Things like my family is made up of human rabbits, so <laughs> as the girls get as the girls got older, <laughs> there was a lot of discussion of if you want to participate in that, let us know. We will get you birth control. We will get you. You know, we will do this. We will do that. If you don't want to end for, oh God, it's been four years now that every time we go to the doctor for a physical, I have um, gone, do you want me to come in with you or would you prefer to talk to the doctor alone? And every time, no, mom, it's okay. You can come in. Well, okay. But just in case they're not comfortable talking to me, I'd like them to get the information from somewhere. And honestly, uh, we have been big advocates of using as many forms of birth controls they can come up with. Now, having said that, neither one of our girls has actually gone out on a real regular date hmm. or anything like that. They haven't had much for boyfriends. I don't know if we just scared the crap out of them. <laughs> <laughs> the girls or the potential boyfriends? Um, no, I'll take care of that when the time comes. <laughs> Which actually, I think, is part of the reason why there hasn't been much for potential boyfriends. They don't they believe me, do they? Yes, they do. Mm. <laughs> Scott already been... has a plan about how to scare the potential boyfriends. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and it doesn't involve guns. So, <laughs> See, have you, you ever go. have you ever sat down though and actually had like the talk with either of them? No, just because it's been so gradual, they've learned stuff over the years. We always made sure that they had the health classes. Mm-hmm. We were not the parents that went, "Ah, eh, no, we'll teach you everything at home. You don't need to know that stuff." So, how about your talk? How was you? What was your talk? Um, my brother and I each got a book. But no oh, discussion. You you left, no discussion. Left, no discussion. Left they the left. Them. My mom bought us each a book, left them on the stairs. I read my book and then read my brother's book. I'm not sure he ever even read his own. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure your brother's ever read a book. He does actually. He does read now. He does did he? not read much when we were in high school, <laughs> but um, he reads quite a bit now, I guess. So I think I think my talk was one of the funniest in history. So I was 14 or 15. I don't remember exactly, but it was summertime. And I could hear my parents talking about something. And finally, my dad mumbled some curse words and goes, come with me onto the deck. Okay. So we go down the deck and we had one of those screen doors. He shut the screen door behind us. Not the actual inside door, but the screen door. Don't worry. This becomes important. So we have two kitchen table chairs outside. And he sits me down and he sits there across from me. And he just looks at me. I could tell he was nervous because my dad does not, he's not much of a talker to begin with. And now to have to do this was probably like the closest thing to, you know, torture to the guy. <laughs> and he sat there and he stared at me for like three minutes. And finally, I'm just like, what? And he looks me dead in the eyes and he goes, you do it and you die. He stands up, turns around and walks through the screen door. <laughs> <laughs> Keeps going goes to his bedroom you forgot the best part though not How, there yet no what made you what what made him go through the screen door oh yeah i asked him to do what 
<laughs> of course, by this time, I totally knew what he was talking about. And so he walks, he goes to his bedroom. Like, 45 minutes later, he pops his head out of the bedroom, and I'm sitting there watching TV, and I'm like, do what, Dad? Back in the bedroom. <laughs> that was my entire talk. It never came back around. See, now, and even that, though, was better than my mom's talk, because she never got one. And she was a late, kind of a late bloomer. So she was 18 before she even got her period or anything like that. Her younger sisters knew what was going on. My mom was completely clueless. And so all she knew was that if you kiss a boy, you get pregnant. So her first date was with... So Catholic upbringing. Very, yeah. Um, She's the second of nine. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So her first, the first date she went on was with a family friend and um, he brought her home and he tried to kiss her. So she punched him. And gave him a black <laughs> eye. Gave him a black eye. And then, of course, apologized because she had hurt a boy and she didn't want him to, you know, whatever. So he tries to kiss her again and she hits him in the other eye. <laughs> so Sunday morning, they're all at church with, and he's got two black eyes. And his mom is laughing her butt off. <laughs> sure. <laughs> And then I guess at that point, my grandfather finally sat her down and said, it doesn't work quite that easy. <laughs> but that was about all the talk she got. All right. I think I've pretty much come to the end of my questions. You got anything else, Scott? Nope. I think we're about good. Do either of the moms have any wrap-ups they'd like to Any contribute? wisdom you'd like to spit out to the ether? Good luck. Yeah. It's not what you expect. Is it worth it, though? Of course. Yeah. Good. All right, so I want to thank both of you ladies for agreeing to do this and come down and talk to Scott and I for a little while. And uh, everybody out there, if you like this episode or any of our other episodes, you can find us in a couple different ways. Drop us a line with the email at eclecticmediaproject at gmail.com or at wanttohearsomethinginteresting at gmail.com. Or you can also uh, find us on Facebook at POI Network. Other than that, drop us a line. Let us know what you think. Give us ideas for future episodes. Yeah, future episodes. And I suppose we should touch on Eclectic Media Project quickly. All right. Especially since our... Webmaster. Webmaster is here. (laughs) Webmistress. Whatever you want to call it. (laughs) We uh, work on the website has begun. Right now it's kind of waiting for us to get content. Big surprise. Yeah, I know. (laughs) But that's really what we've gotten going this month is we've got, well, we've got the official logo now. Yep. Which, um... You I should, can find when we bring the website up. Right. Yep. I'll probably put it out to social media before that at some point, but probably closer to when the website's going to be ready to launch. Yep. So, but yeah, I mean, it's coming together. I'm starting to think September might be a lofty goal, but maybe we can pull it off yet. It's got potential. Yeah. And if you're going to be in the Madison area the beginning of November, you can swing by Alliant Energy Center and find us at GameholeCon. Uh, I'll be running an event and we'll be hanging out and talking to people. And, and hopefully there'll be some media stuff sitting out on the free table. Yep. So. Uh, early January, we'll be at Evercon in Wausau. So those are a couple of bigger public events that Eclectic Media Project will have a presence at. Yep. Probably more at the one in January than the one in November, but yeah, absolutely. And with that, thank you guys for listening. And we'll talk to you next month.
You have been listening to a program from the Point of Insanity Network. Visit us at poigamestudio.podbean.com for more shows. Follow us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at POI Game Studio.